If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 7 this morning. Mark chapter 7. I was telling my wife early this morning how much I enjoy preaching, uh, especially through books of the Bible, because you don't have to worry about where you're going. You know where you're going, and uh, you don't have to worry about what you've got to say because the Word of God will preach. So we've been preaching through the book of Mark for quite a few months, and we're going to continue that verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Continue tonight at 6 o'clock. So come on back, and let's stay in the Word of God. And I appreciate the Word of God. I think we ought to let the Word preach, amen? Not man's opinion. I appreciate all the visitors here this morning. One from Michigan, graduated at Tennessee Temple when it was right. It was 1976, two years before I started the church, and from Michigan. So I told Brother Thomas, and we had a lady just sing from Michigan, so amen. This must be the place to come, from Michigan to Dalton, Georgia, amen? But uh, we'd appreciate him, appreciate his dear wife, appreciate Pastor, who went over that this morning in Sunday school, and I appreciate you taking care of me, and uh, such a blessing. Been in full-time ministry 45 years, uh, January. We married 45 years this month, and so uh, we just sort of started together, Connie and I. She's in children's church. She's not skipping church, and uh, thank the Lord for a helpmate all these years. They encouraged me, and that's why we have the marriage retreat. Uh, this Thursday, we start at 8 o'clock, so you don't have to take off work on Thursday. Then all day Friday, we'll have sessions on the morning sessions. And then Saturday, Friday afternoon, we'll just be free to walk around in the rain because it's probably going to rain, and uh, as it does all the time here. I almost preached on Noah's Ark, but I didn't. Uh, let's pray for some dry weather, amen. I was praying for snow. My wife loves snow. I told her to go to Michigan if you want snow. But anyway, she loves snow. And I said, well, we'll just pray, honey, that it'll snow in Pigeon Ford Thursday night, and we can get out in it and have a snowball battle. I'll take off all our frustrations, and that'll be a great therapy for our marriage retreat. Just, just hit each other with snowballs, amen, but that's not good therapy, amen. Our theme this year is respect and love. The greatest need of a man is significance, uh, and the greatest need for a lady is security or love. And Brother Tony's going to be preaching on that, uh, teaching on that four times. I'll be teaching once on Saturday morning. And I'm uh, excited about learning more about how to uh, love my wife and how she can respect me more. Amen. Respect will free you in your marriage. Honor will energize your relationship. Do you smile when she comes in the room or do you smile when she leaves the room? That's the question of the hour. Amen. You ought to smile when she comes in the room. And she's God's gift to you, men. That's right. That's exactly what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2. And so we want to have a biblical-based uh, marriage. And I believe God thought it, and God will certainly sustain it if we'll go by His pattern, His book. Not man's opinion, but God's book. So let's get into the service, service this morning, or the sermon. I want to preach on just asking for crumbs. Just asking for crumbs. Or how to have great faith. You know, the Bible says that we're saved by faith, Ephesians 2.8. The Bible says we're justified by faith, Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2. We're purified by faith, Acts chapter 15, verse 9. We're sanctified by faith, Acts 26, verse 18. We live by faith, Galatians 3.11. Christ dwells in our heart by faith, Ephesians 3.17. Christ, uh, listen... We approach God with freedom and confidence by faith. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. Through faith we inherit what God promises. 
Hebrews 6, 12. Through faith we understand God's power, workings, and will. Hebrews 11, 3. Through faith, spiritual exploits for God are accomplished. All of Hebrews chapter 11, especially verse 32 through 39. By faith we're victorious over opposition, suffering, even death. From the moment of salvation to the entrance into heaven, faith is the all-important key to God. That is why we're called believers. Uh, the Bible refers to us at least 21 times in the Word of God as believers. You believe God. And folks, our faith is faith that's based on not our works, but faith is based on the finished work of the cross of Calvary, the death, burial, and resurrection, and that He ever lives to make intercession for you. My question is, where is your faith? Your faith's in yourself, you'll let yourself down. Your faith's in others, they'll definitely let you down. And folks, we need to realize that faith is the key. Uh, folks, faith is the key that unlocks the door. If you pray by faith, tonight we're going to start at 5.30 again instead of 5.45 because I felt like the prayer meeting was becoming a prelude, a rushed prelude to get in here at 6 o'clock. Now folks, it shouldn't be a rushed prelude, it ought to be the main thing. And so we're praying at 5.30 uh, right up to 6, and we're going to ask God to help us have His anointing and have uh, God's blessing, and we're going to pray for our missionaries that are on the front lines. And folks, you know, the Bible tells us that um, we need to believe God, and the Bible speaks of little faith, no faith, dead faith, weak faith, firm faith, sincere faith, great faith, most holy faith, precious faith, growing faith, strengthening grace, or faith, and increasing faith, and complete faith. It's the only way to please God, Hebrews eleven six. But in this passage, God calls this lady's faith great. She's a Gentile. It seems that Jesus is being harsh with her. He calls her a dog. I'll explain that in just a minute. And don't you try that at home. That will not get your marriage up to par, I promise you. Um... I don't think you ought to call your wife woman, amen? I think you ought to call her honey or uh, where's the biscuits or something, amen? You know, amen, let's honor each other, amen? But I want to tell you, God blessed this Gentile with great faith. And I believe this whole passage is about how God progressed her faith, how God prompted her faith, and even uh, caused her to be humble and realize that it is only by God's blessing would she help her dear demon-possessed daughter. Is there ever a time that we need to learn to pray for our children? It's today. Say amen. I mean, there's a warfare going on. If you hadn't, wake up, parents. There's a warfare going on after your child's soul and sanity. And I want to tell you something, friend. We need to pray and beat the devil off their back through faith and prayer. And I want you to see this mother who's so desperate that she comes to Jesus when he really doesn't want to have an audience. He's traveled 70 miles, took him about eight months to get there. And I want to tell you something, friend. We see him uh, uh, wanting to spend some time with his disciples, but here's this dear lady. and She comes and asks God for a miracle. So let's stay in all the Word of God. We'll read verses 24, chapter 7 of Mark through 30. I'll lay it on the line and do it quick. It says, from whence he arose, and he went to the border of Ty, Tyre and Sidon, and entered into a house, and found, would have no man know it, but he would not be hid. 
We wanted to get away. You ever want to just get away? Amen. And for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of, the, out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children first be fed. Talking about the Jews. For it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yea, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, uh, uh, for this saying go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she had come to her house, listen to this now, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this great passage. And Lord, as we go back to Matthew chapter 15, you commend this lady, this Gentile, for great faith. And Lord, I thank you, dear God, that we can have faith in you, but God, we want to have great faith. We want to trust you for the impossible. And we definitely want to trust you to help our children and help the wayward and help the backslidden. And oh God, to help the lost that are dying and going to hell without you. Because Lord, men and ladies and boys and girls that have not trusted you as their personal Savior will go to hell instead of heaven. And Lord, I pray, dear Lord, that you give us a burden to, to beseech the Lord by faith. In prayer, in attitude, in action, that we'd lay before you in worship. And God, we'd seek you to do what we could never do. And that's change your heart. And we'll praise you and thank you for what you do in and through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus just told the Pharisees, the scribes, and the disciples that it's what's inside that counts. We talked about that, and pre- I really preached too long. I came from South Africa, so I, had no, I was in jet lag. So excuse me for preaching overtime, but I don't apologize. Uh, and uh, we know who won in overtime, so amen. But thank God. Folks, we see that it's what's inside that counts. It's not what comes in, but it's what comes out of the heart that defiles a man. And then here's a lady that uh, has no right to approach Jesus as far as the disciples are concerned. And she was desperate. And she was desperate for a touch on her daughter. And I'm preaching today those who have probably come close to losing hope because you prayed for something a long time. You prayed for something, there's no answer. But I want to tell you something, folks. God has divine delays, and God knows what He's doing, and we just need to keep the faith. And I believe that, folks, this passage of Scripture will help us to realize how important it is not to give up and to keep on knocking and keep on praying and keep on seeking God. Hey, to keep on worshiping God. You know, it's easy to get bitter and stay at home this morning. It's easy to give up because of all the trials and tribulations. Our, our, uh, Brother Jason gave me a list of things that happened while I was out of town in the staff meeting. Uh, the bus ran out of gas. But thank God, I thank God for those that uh, on your route, you came back and rescued those children and got them back home. And I thank the Lord for that, Miss Leslie. I thank the Lord for uh, people that go out of their way to help when there's an old bus on the side. Amen. Brother Mark, the dri- regular drivers in, in South Africa with me, and uh, we didn't plan it that way. We just happened to be there at the same time visiting our daughters. But I thank the Lord for people that will go on anyway, not get discouraged because the bus runs out of gas or some 
major problem happens in your home life. And the devil's always trying to discourage you. But I want to tell you the reason is he wants your prayer life to be faithless. He wants you, Mom, not to be able to pray. If you're in the flesh, you can't pray. If you're bitter, you can't pray. If you're out of the will of God, you can't pray. And folks, I want you to see how God brought this dear lady around and brought her to her knees and brought her to a, not only a, a desperation, but a dependent faith on God. First of all, I want you to see the reason she came. In verse 25, the Bible says, For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, and came and fell at his feet. I thank God she was desperate for her demon-possessed daughter. And I want to tell you something, folks, there's a lot of demon-possessed daughters going around today. There's a lot of demon-possessed children. And folks, I want to tell you something, if he can't possess you, he'll sure suppress you. And he'll depress you. And you know, the number two killer for uh, uh, teenagers besides drugs is number one, but number two is depression and suicide. We live in a day and age where people are just falling apart and, and losing hope. And I want to tell you something, it's our duty as parents to learn how to pray and to pray fervently and to stay on praying ground, say amen, and have faith in God. And if the devil can knock the leadership out, he can take the fellowship with him, say amen. We need to pray for one another. We need to pray especially for our children in these last days because it's not easy going to school these days. Getting high when I was uh, going to school was climbing a ladder and drinking a Budweiser, and that, or, or Bud Stupid, excuse me, amen. And uh, today there's all kinds of drugs infiltrating the school. There's all kinds of uh, perversion. It's almost an accepted norm today, and it's a Hollywood, uh, uh, it's a Hollywood um, uh, uh, agenda to say same-sex marriage and homosexuality. And folks, we live in a day and age where we need to pray and ask God to give our children wisdom to see the end of sin, to see this world through God's eyes. That's the definition of wisdom. I was listening yesterday to, to uh, my ordination service that y'all gave me, and I didn't even know it existed. And for 45 minutes, the church questioned me in front of the whole church. 500 people were there. And I thought to myself, I want to just hear when I passed out. Amen. And one of the questions was, what is wisdom? And I wish I knew a better definition than I did back then, but I know what it is now. It's seeing this world through God's eyes. And so we need to see that she came to Jesus and she cried. Look at Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Would you mark that passage too? This will help uh, uh, illuminate this uh, passage a little bit by drawing from Matthew's uh, regulation of it too. But look at Matthew chapter 20, uh, 15, verse 23. 15, 23. The Bible says, But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Now here's the great disciples. They say, Hey, listen, they were kind of racist, tell you the truth. They said, Send her away. She's not one of us. She's not a, she's not a Jew. But folks, I want to tell you something. She cried. And that word cried means she was persistent and she was loud. Folks, she was heartbroken. She was spilling her heart out for her child. Now, folks, if there's ever a day and age where we need to be concerned, but not only concerned, but compassionate enough to stay right with God so we can pray for our children is the day. And the reason she called is found in verse 25. It says, and back in our text, a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him. I don't know how she heard of him, but I want to tell you something, folks. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
She might have heard about the Gadarean maniac that had a whole legion of, of uh, devils cast out of him. Amen. She might have just heard about that. And she knew that he had opened the eyes of the blind and unstopped the ears of the death. And praise God, most important of all, and the greatest miracle of all, saved souls that were going to hell and now going to heaven. So this woman came to Jesus because of faith, but also because of hope. Her hope was aroused because she needed something that society couldn't give her. Let me just say this. She was coming to Jesus because religion could never save her, save her daughter. The religion could never help her be exercised from these demons. Folks, we need a relationship with a living God. Amen? We don't need dead religion. Religion will make you miserable because you'll know what you need to do and you won't do it. Religion is man's works getting to God. But I want to tell you something. A relationship is God came to us. And folks, He comes to us. And He comes to us when we believe that He is and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We come to Him believing that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. Coming unto Him believing that He is. Hebrews 11.6 is one of the greatest definitions of prayer in the Bible. And so, folks, she was a mom that cared. And she was dealing with a child that was out of control. You ever been there, done that? Don't raise your hand. And no matter what you face, the answer is found in Jesus. He said, come to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And he said, I'll give you rest for your soul. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's nothing more heavy laden than what our children have to go through. And I want to say this. Maybe your child is just having a good time and love God and close to God. Well, you need to keep on praying because it might turn in one second. It might turn in one decision, like marrying the wrong person. Say amen. Marrying somebody in the flesh, not by faith. Being attracted by somebody by the lust of the eyes and the lust of, and the pride of life instead of letting God lead them in a relationship. And I want to tell you something. Some of you know by experience, if you marry wrong, your whole life is affected. And so the Bible says, come to me all you heavy laden. Jeremiah 33, 3 says we ought to come and ask God for great and mighty things. Every time we sent somebody off to college down in Claxton, Brother Paul would sign their Bible and put Jeremiah 33, 3. You're going to need this in college, he'd say. Folks, you don't, you, we don't have to bear the burden alone. We don't have to parent alone. We don't have to raise our children by ourselves. If you're not saved, you're on your own. If you're not living by faith and you're backslidden and you've given up hope and got bitter, you're on your own. He cares. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Great song written right up there at Tennessee Temple by Weigel after his wife left him and Dr. Lee Robinson took him in because nobody seemed to care for him, but he did. He wrote that beautiful song. Folks, drawn out of God, he'll draw out of you. And I like what Hebrews chapter 4 says, that we ought to come boldly to the throne of grace in the time of need. Amen? Because he's the only one that can meet our needs. He's the only one that can help. And so here's a lady that comes and she's, she's, she's crying, she's she's beseeching him she's with all her heart and all her mind all her soul she's saying dear God I need help and so I see this mother's uh, request but then I see second of all the mother and her resolve she didn't give up isn't it easy sometimes to get discouraged when God doesn't answer 
exactly when you want it to be answered. You know, we live in an instant grit society. I like those old-fashioned grits, amen? Like we had yesterday. We had 39 people out on visitation and eating yesterday. I was thrilled. You want to you encourage a pastor, just go out and visit him after he gets back from a mission trip, amen? That was an encouragement, and the food was an encouragement. And I went and took Brother um, Donald some food, and all we had left was two biscuits and two sausages. Hallelujah. I was going to take him a whole plate, but we ate it all. Praise God. And uh, thank God his daughter showed up with Hardy when I was there. Thank the Lord. We need to pray for him. Folks, I want to tell you something. The obstacle of faith is found in verse 23 um, and, and through verse 27 because it says then the woman was a Greek in verse 26. And this a Syrophoenician by nation and they besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But listen to this. This is a lot of people misunderstand Jesus here. But Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. Now what in the world is Jesus saying here? I'll tell you exactly what he's saying. That he came first to the Jews. He was there to disciple his disciples and he really didn't want to be bothered because he knew once he, this uh, miracle got out and he performed another miracle, there'd be throngs of people following him again. And, and that's why he told her, he said, don't tell anybody about this miracle after it happened. But folks, I want to tell you something. He saw this woman's need and he cared. Jesus cared. You say, well, don't look, don't act like he cared. He looks a little harsh here. Don't, don't misunderstand this. Let me give you the definition of dog in just a minute. She was a Canaanite. That was the obstacle of her race. She was cursed people, Deuteronomy 7:2. She was religious. She said, Lord, thou son of David, she was approaching him as a Jewish Messiah. And she was a Gentile mother calling out to a Jewish Messiah. Matthew 15, 23, it says that Jesus answered her not a word. Now that's really good. You ask in Jesus for something and you don't hear from heaven immediately. And that's sometimes discouraging. Some of you prayed for years and years and years for a miracle. It hadn't took place yet. But don't give up. And then there was the obstacle of racism. When the disciples heard that she was a Gentile, especially a Gentile that was from the Canaanite uh, clan, which was cursed, and she was calling out the Messiah, they reacted and said, send her away. Now that's wonderful. Here's a lady that's coming to Jesus, and his own disciples said, send her away. And then we see that obstacle of rejection. Matthew chapter 15, verse 23 uh, through 26. Let, let's look at that. It said, in, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's verse 24 of Matthew 15. Please keep that marked. And then look at verse 25. It said, then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now, folks, the Jews referred to the Gentiles as dogs. That's why it says in Philippians chapter 3, 3, beware of dogs. And these dogs were barking, law, law, law. Y'all get that later, amen. But they were, they were barking law. And uh, they were barking mix grace with law. That's Judaism. You don't mix works with grace. It's all by grace that gets you working. 
And then when you have faith, you do work. And you have a, a, a desire to have some fruit. And so there's the obstacle of rejection. His words must have shook her to the core. His words probably broke her heart. Why would Jesus do that? Well, here's the obstacle. The greatest obstacle is the obstacle of reality. First, Jesus ignored her. Then he tells her the whole purpose in coming to this world was to save the lost sheep of Israel. And when she persists, Jesus tells her she's a dog. And that she doesn't deserve children's bread or the Jewish bread. And the disciples reject her and said, send her away. Now it appears that Jesus is rejecting her. But that's not the case. Because I want you to see that he called her a dog. But this word dog does not mean the stray, mangy dogs in the, in the um, street that some of the Gentiles were referred to because they were always barking at the heels of Jesus about law keeping. But this was a word that meant pet dog. It meant lap dog. Some of y'all treat your dog better than you do humans. Amen? And some of you love cats, Miss Lois. Amen? And, uh, and, and they're, they're part of the family. And I believe he had a little glimmer in his eye. I believe he had a little smile on his face. He said, hey, listen, you might not be a Jew. And you might not be part of the elect, so to speak. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to treat you like a precious pet. I'm going to treat you um, because I love you. And I believe his resistance was to, to progress her faith. I believe any time that God divinely delays, He wants us to become more like Him. I believe, folks, that He's always on time, and sometimes He realizes you can't handle the answer of prayer, or you would not handle that answer of prayer if you got it at that moment, and God knows what you need when you need it. That's hard, because I know some of you, and I know your prayers, and I've been agreeing with you in those prayers, and I want to see that miracle. And I pray every day for that for that blessing in your family. And it hasn't come about in years. And folks, you might be lost and you think you're just a doomed race. Well, you are. But I want to tell you something. Jesus loves you right where you're at. You might be discouraged because religion's been your life. And a lot of you have been brought up Catholic and Methodist. And you might even be lost Baptist today. But I want to tell you something, folks. There's hope of getting not only a relationship, but have a religion because of the relationship. We ought to be religiously faithful because we have a relationship with a living God that loves us. And the Bible says He'll no wise cast you out, John 6, 37. So I want to close by saying this in verse 27. I see the opportunity of faith. Go back to uh, Mark chapter 7. And I'll try to stay there the rest of the message. But in verse 27... Mark chapter 7 says, But Jesus said to her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it into the dogs. I want you to notice the word first. That probably got great, brought great hope to this dear lady that was so unqualified for this blessing. Because folks, first means I got some seconds. And I want to tell you something, friend. I don't know about you, but sometimes homemade soup's better when it's seconds when it's leftovers but folks God doesn't just give us leftovers God gives us what we need at the time we need it so be patient with God he's not finished with you yet and so the obstacle 
was placed in her way to progress or mature her faith. In uh, Mark chapter 15, uh, 7 verse 25, she called Jesus based on Jewish messiahship. Then she moves beyond seeing him as a Jewish messiah, and she sees him as Lord because she bows before him and starts worshiping him. She sees him humbly as her only hope. She sees him more than just a Jewish messiah. She sees him as the very God standing before him. And folks, that's what Jesus wanted her to see because he knew her heart. She was approaching him as a Jewish messiah. He's much more than just a Jewish messiah. He's all our messiahs. He's already come, say amen, and he's coming again. A lot of Jews are looking for him for the first time. I want to tell you, he came the first time, and he's coming the second time, and it's not going to be leftovers when he comes, amen? It means, uh, folks, this little uh, puppy, this beloved pet that, I, that he looked on would be part of the family. And so the ministry of suffering is essential sometimes in your life to have faith. This afternoon I'll preach a message. I didn't know the fellow. I wish I had known. It's very hard preach a funeral when you don't know the person but I know the daughter and I know the son-in-law and I know that through the ministry of suffering God can get their attention Ecclesiastes 7 2 says better to go to the house of mourning than it is the house of feasting for this is the end of all men and the living shall lay it to heart you know what that's saying it's better to go to the funeral home than party all the time Ecclesiastes 7 2 God has a way of getting your attention and I believe God was ringing this dear lady's bell, so to speak, saying, hey, listen, you're not worthy, but I am God. I'm the very God. I'm Lord. And when she discovered that, she bowed before him. And the Bible says in Matthew that she worshipped him. And then she asked probably once again, saying, dear God, I'm not here for me. I'm here for my dear, dear daughter that's demon-possessed. And look at verse 28, what happened. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Amen. She said unto her, For this saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of your daughter. What saying? What she just said. She said, Lord, I'm not worthy, but even a little puppy under the table deserves a crumb. What she was was humble before God and saying, God, your seconds are enough. Anything from you is enough. And dear God, please bless and please help me. I see that desperation in her prayer. As I preached last Sunday night, when they released Peter from jail, they prayed unto God. And I am just afraid that a lot of times we pray to be heard on this church. We pray to throw up a good one, the Jer God of Rehoboam, Jeroboam, and all those Boam boys were gathered here today to impress somebody in our vocabulary. No, we should pray unto God. We ought to picture him high and lifted up before we ever say a word. Folks, we're not praying for an audience. We're not praying to feel eloquent. We're not praying for somebody to say that was a good prayer. We're praying unto God. And folks, we're praying earnestly. We're praying with desperation. And a lot of folks have given up they no longer, they've come with a, a stale religion or a form of prayer. But folks, there's too much at stake to pray like that. This little daughter needed deliverance. 
Some of your children need deliverance. Some of your children need protection. The devil wants to devour their life. He wants to destroy their marriage. He wants to get to your grandchildren. And he's a master at splitting homes. One out of two marriages in Dalton, Georgia doesn't last. It's probably better up in Michigan, but I doubt it. And folks, I want to tell you, the devil divides and conquers. That's why we have these retreats, these marriage retreats. Folks, if I was the devil, I know how to destroy Whitfield Baptist Church. One family at a time. One teenager at a time. One broken-hearted parent that says, I give up, and I'm not praying anymore, and God ain't blessing, so I'm quitting the church. Folks, I want to tell you, we got too much at stake to approach Jesus just as some Jewish Messiah. we got to approach him as God. we got to approach him as a dog, a lost, by saved, by grace, born-again child of God, not boldly coming into the presence of God but letting, letting us be escorted in by the Holy Spirit because he knows the will of God better than you know the will of God. He knows the time of God more than you need to know the timing of God and he knows God better and he knows what you need because if it was left up to us we would pray a lot of selfish prayers say amen. Aren't you glad God hadn't answered every one of your prayers? Say amen. I'd be a rich businessman up in Kisneki, New York in General Electric if he'd answered my prayer when I got out of college. But he broke me because I was playing soccer on Sunday night when I should have been in the house of God. And he put me in a ministry of youth because I couldn't go to executive training at General Electric. And if I'd have got what I wanted, I'd have been a rich businessman miserable today. My uncle that was getting me all the jobs and pulling all the strings died of a massive heart attack on Christmas Eve, probably lost. But he had everything that I thought I needed. But I didn't need that. What I needed was God. And what I needed was to be in the ministry and to preach the wonderful gospel. I was reminded as I heard that ordination question yesterday. Thank you, church, for that treasure. And so, folks, listen, a lot of things we think we need, we don't need. And a lot of times we think we need it now, we don't need it now. We need it when God will give it to us. But I want to tell you something, I don't want to ever be guilty of giving up. Too much at stake. Your children's future is at stake. And so you can backslide if you want to, Mama, but you're going to take some precious souls with you. Daddy, you're the spiritual leader. Everything falls and rises on leadership. You can quit if you want to. But I'm going to tell you something. There's some precious souls behind you to quit also. Amen. Landon's getting baptized in a few moments. I know his uncle's thrilled about that. Derek and his mama couldn't. Grandparents here. He's too precious to quit. He's too precious to backslide. He's too precious to get bitter. He needs to see an example. And thank God for this mother. The daughter wasn't there. She was demon-possessed. But folks, when she finally had that great faith, Matthew 15, 28, he said, I want you to know, dear lady, that I seemed a little harsh. I seemed a little closed-minded. You've got great faith. Only twice did he say that in the Bible. Once to a... A Roman centurion that was praying for a servant 
to be healed. And both of these, by the way, were Gentiles. And this dear lady had no qualifications at all. But when she finally realized who God was, she found out that there was no race outside God's way. Amen. This redneck South Georgia philosophy of racism needs to go. It's probably North Georgia a little bit too. When I was over in South Africa, I was amazed at all the missionaries being so colorblind. Say amen. I mean, those folks were precious to them. My daughter was holding little black babies in her hand, loving them as precious souls. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's no place. There's no place for prejudice in the Bible. There's no place for racism. There's, and, and I'm not a, a white preacher preaching a black sermon or a black preacher preaching a white sermon. I'm just saying God loves everybody. And we are the biggest hypocrites in the world if we send missionaries to South Africa and we don't love everybody. Say amen. That didn't cost you a thing. We're after 12 o'clock. I got to go preach a funeral, but I just had to throw that in. The devil in the flesh was whispering her, there's no use, lady. He's not even going to let you sit at the table. But he said, I'll tell you one thing. I'll crawl under the table if you'll just give me a crumb. You'll just give me one crumb if you'll just touch my daughter. And God did. And he commended her for great faith. You know what great faith is? Great faith is believing he's a great God. And stop questioning. Stop putting him down on the Messiah level. And let, let the whole world know that you're praying to a living God that loves you. Great faith is realizing you're not qualified. And it's not a great prayer that gets you through. It's a great God that died in your place. Folks, I want great faith. I want God to bless the rest of my life more than he has the past of my life. And I want to have more faith. Brother Darrell, when I get up in the morning, I want to have faith to minister to people that are hopeless in this world. I want to have faith to win souls. I want to have faith to pray. I want to have faith to serve. And I definitely tonight want to come in here and have faith to worship God. And folks, listen, if he could just say it's decent faith, I'd say thank the Lord. But I'll say this, friend. I believe that God wants us to have faith. Father, we come to you begging you, God, to do what we cannot do. And that's to be good grandparents, good parents, good Christians. God, good friends. But when people are possessed or oppressed or depressed by the devil, we can intercede for them. And God, we can come not brassly into the throne room of grace, but we can come humbly, realizing we're saved by grace, and not, not claiming merit, but claiming mercy when we pray. So Lord, thank you for this lesson. It took me a while to get it, and I'm still trying to get it. 
Lord, I just need more faith. Because there's too much at stake for our next generation not to have a praying preacher and a praying pastor and a praying daddy and a praying papa. God, please, please increase our faith. God, please, use us by faith. God, may we approach you not in our merit, but by the finished work of the cross of Calvary and the death, burial, and resurrection and the fact that you ever live in making intercession for whosoever. God, increase our faith. God, help us in the prayer room tonight as we pray together as a church to come together in faith, believing that you're able and that you're rewarded of them that diligently seek. God, forgive me for going through the motions. God, forgive me sometimes trying to preach in the flesh. God, may we preach by faith. May you use us by faith. And may we please you by faith. Lord, if there's one that's lost this morning, may you save them by faith in the finished work of the cross of Calvary.